Good afternoon, folks, and welcome to a special episode of South of the Cheddar Curtain. It's going to be a little different today. Luke and I were not able to make our schedules uh, match up for a time where we could actually record the show together. So I originally thought that we were just going to have to skip this week. Again, kind of the second week in about a month, we had to skip a show. But instead, Luke shot me the idea of, hey, how about we just record our own little shows, just a little monologue, essentially. And... Uh, and then we post them just to get our thoughts out to the people, our loyal listeners. And I was like, yeah, man, let's give it a shot. So it's going to be a little different, but here we are, you know, and, and this is a very important time of the season. So we're going to give you guys some content, which have our own little shows, and then we should be back together after the holidays. And I'll just pause right there and hope that everybody's having a good holiday season. Hopefully you guys are off work, able to spend time with your family, but enough of that. Let's get to our usual programming, even if it's just me for this segment. So. I think and I know. I'm going to start with an I know, as I usually do. I know that I am amazed just how much we are getting out of this rookie class. All right, just stop and think about it for a second. When I say they're rookies, right, Christian Watson obviously comes to mind. This guy has a chance to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, and he's been only playing for half the season. Absolutely ridiculous. He is a stud, a stud, a stud. Can't say it enough. Absolute game changer. He makes this offense, he makes this team so much fun to watch. It's like lightning in a bottle every time he gets it. Aaron said last night after the game that like when Christian Watson gets the ball, you can hear like a, a, a shift in the energy in the stadium. Like everyone's holding their breath because you just don't know what this kid's going to do. So you think Christian Watson, you think Romeo Dobbs. He's a guy who's also been banged up this season. Got to see him last night for the first time in about a month. I thought he looked pretty good in his first game back. He showed again that crisp route running that he's been so praised for. Thought he looked really good. Going to be happy to see what those two guys can do together. Sticking with the offensive rookies, you got Zach Tom at left tackle, who had to do some spot duty earlier in the season. It was kind of like a running joke that, you know, Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, like they had last minute scratches, God, what, like three or four weeks in a row where Zach Tom was subbing in for one of them at both guard and tackle. And he had some rough, you know, starts early on, right? He's a rookie, kind of rushed into a position where he's starting, knows he's starting 90 minutes before the game starts. But I thought that even in those spots, he settled down. And, you know, for the past couple of weeks, he's had to play for David Bakhtiari. And I thought as put some pretty good film on tape. And then even seventh round is Samari Toure, kid out of Nebraska. He's had his snaps down a little bit now that Christian Watson's healthy. But early in the season when we got to see him play, it seemed like the kid knew what he was doing. And he's got a, a quick step. And he's someone that I also look forward to seeing what he can do in the future. And on defense, Quay Walker, bonafide stud. Now, I know he misses some tackles and he makes some bonehead plays. But this dude plays with his hair on fire. He already has over 100 tackles. He's just, he makes me so happy that we picked it, even though I was so skeptical when we did it. Uh, you also have a fellow first starter, Devontae Wyatt, who hasn't gotten a whole lot of snaps. Not really sure why he's losing snaps to Dean Lowry and Jerron Reed at this point, especially when Wyatt, you know, flashes whenever he's on the field. But I think the future is bright for him. I'm hoping down this down the stretch, we do give him some more snaps. 
And then you also have Tariq Carpenter on defense, who I think has looked pretty good in special teams. So overall, I, I think I am very impressed. Sorry, I know I am very impressed with what we are getting out of this team, out of these rookies. So my next, I think, I think we saw last night some of the best version of this defense, especially out of the guys that haven't been performing as well, right? We saw some guys getting closer to the performance that we thought they'd be putting out every week. Kenny Clark had a big game last night. I feel like in the first quarter, he was in the backfield on almost every play, either tackles for loss or just pushing the pile, getting early penetration. It felt like Kenny Clark was back last night. Adrian Amos also had a nice tackle for loss. So, you know, two of our veteran guys, two of the blue collar guys that you just expect to be great, we expect it to be good going into the season, who have both been a little underwhelming. Obviously, Kenny Clark is going to be a part of this team for a while. He's a staple of his future. He's under contract. It seems like Adrian Amos' time might just be up at the end of the season, but I still thought that he had some nice splash plays, and that was the best that he had looked in several weeks. So let's get into a little quick game recap, just thoughts. Our Packers did come out on top of the Rams 24-12 to last night to keep our playoff hopes alive. Uh, we jumped to 6-8. and eight. Offensively, I'd say it was a nice game. Uh, we got the ground game going pretty well. Aaron Jones, 17 rushes for 90 yards. A.J. Dillon only finished with 36 yards on 11 carries, but it was more tough. A.J. Dillon running. The numbers aren't great, but you still saw him running through people. Right? We kind of talked about earlier in the season that it felt like there was something a little off with A.J. Dillon, but the last few weeks we've seen him return to his form, being the snowplow, and it has been a beautiful thing to see. He ended up with two rushing touchdowns, really just being the power back, especially on the goal line, just carrying Rams with him. The passing game, Romeo Dobbs had five catches for 55 yards. Nice to see him getting back into it. Aaron mentioned after the game that it looked like Romeo might be beating himself up for not getting quite as many yards of a catch as he would have liked to. I'm just happy the kid was back out there catching the ball, catching the ball with his hands, which was an issue for him earlier in the season. Christian Watson, relatively quiet day for him, four catches, 46 yards. He unfortunately had his touchdown streak snapped. He was close to scoring at the end of the game. Couldn't quite get in, was was cut down a few yards short. And then at that point, the Packers were just going to run the clock out. There were some Packer fans that were pushing back that they should have just kept going. They should have got him his touchdown, you know, as we're approaching the end of the season. Tiebreakers, point differential, all that stuff can come into play. And after the game, LaFleur was like, listen, I believe in karma. I have way too much respect for those guys on the Rams sideline. Like, I'm not going to go run up the score. And I respect that. Overall, good day. I would say for Christian Watson, nothing crazy. Like I said, it feels underwhelming for what he's put on tape. But also, this is this is a game where you are seeing defenses having to respond to the threat that he is. The Rams do play a lot of too high, where they have man across the board and they have two high safeties. And they continue to do that. And they also put Jalen Ramsey, one of the best corners in the NFL, on Christian Watson. You're seeing defensive coordinators show him a lot of respect which as we talked about, and then, and as I harped on when we had Marcos Valdez-Scantling, if you have that deep threat, it changes how defenses line up. It changes how they play. When they send their best corner on Christian Watson, when they send 
too high over the top. You're going to see things open up for Romeo Dobbs. You're going to see things open up for Randall Cobb. There were a few, it was like third and longs where Randall Cobb had first down receptions over the middle where he was in the slot and he just is able to beat his guy off the line of scrimmage, which is what Randall Cobb does. And there's no help in the middle because you have two high safeties as opposed to somebody in the middle. Again, the effects of Christian Watson. On defense, as I kind of said earlier in the show, good game for Kenny Clark. Nice to see him back. Now, did it help that the Rams lost their starting center in the first quarter? Of course, but that's that's not going to really take away from me praising Kenny Clark. It was nice to see Russell Douglas get an interception. My love for him is well known. Now, did we love the fact that he did a Jacoby Myers-esque throw the ball back, looking a little foolish? No, it wasn't great. Probably cost us some points because we didn't end up scoring off that interception. But still nice to see Razul get into it. Adrian Amos had a few nice plays. Quay Walker's all over the field. Kingsley Anakbari continues to flash. He did have a pass deflection. And on that pass deflection, he almost had a pick six, honestly. Tyler Higby kind of just dropped off on like a late tight end. It was a bubble screen or just one of those plays where he's supposed to block and then just go out in the flat and see what happens. And JJ read it the entire way, got his hands on it. Just beautiful instincts for a rookie. He also did have a sack. Preston had a couple sacks. Quay Walker had a sack. We had five total against Baker Mayfield, which is the most we've had since last time we played Baker Mayfield on that Christmas game against the Browns last year. So overall, better game for the defense. I didn't love that we gave up a few third and longs, especially in the first half. More of that soft coverage that we're seeing out of Joe Barry's defense. We've talked about this for a lot of the season. And unfortunately, I don't think it's going to change going into next week against the Dolphins. But I, I would say as a whole, it was an improvement, still an improvement this week and last week, as opposed to what we had seen earlier in the season, right? Defense is not playing up to what we thought that they should be when the season started. But considering the injuries, considering everything going on, I'm, I was happier coming out of this game. So let's jump to next week, right? We have three games left, and this game next week, I think personally, is going to be the hardest one we have left. We go play the Miami Dolphins in Miami, and as Luke and I have said on previous shows, this is like a Madden team on offense. You have Tyree Kill at receiver, who I still think is the best receiver in the NFL. You watch his tape. This guy makes defensive backs look stupid. You have Jalen Waddell, who's also just a speed demon. You have Raheem Mostert at running back, who that name vaguely rings a bell when we went to San Francisco, was it in 2020? In that NFC title game, he was the guy who had like 160 yards of rushing before first contact. Yeah, they have that guy. You got a lot of speed on this offense. You have a couple other receivers. You got Cedric Wilson. You got River Craycraft. You got Taita Mikaseki. They're not outstanding players in and of themselves, but when you have all the other speed that you have to respect, these are guys that can get open under the middle, sort of like we talked about with teams having to respect Christian Watson over the top. Yeah, the Dolphins have two guys that are as fast as Christian Watson, maybe even three if you want to count Mostert there. So they do create a lot of a lot of matchup problems for any team, especially for the Packers. I would be feeling better about this game if we still had Eric Stokes, despite you know, Eric Stokes not looking amazing this season. At least he's fast and keep up, could keep up with those guys. 
the this Packers defense, I believe, looks best when we're playing man, because we we refuse to play zone with any type of press, even though we've seen other defenses in the past do that. This Packers defense under Joe Barry just does not want to go zone press. So going man against this team isn't going to be a good idea. I mean, you can have, let's just say, Jair on Tyreek and then what, Razul or Keyshawn Nixon covering Jalen Waddell. Well, I love them both. That's not going to be a recipe for success. So I think we're going to see a lot more of what we saw against the Rams where it's going to be soft coverage. And I think this game going against this Dolphins, Dolphins offense, this high-powered offense, is going to be Ben Britt don't break. I expect two to probably throw for 250 or 300 yards. I think this has to be a game where we steal possessions. You know, Preston Smith or JJ Anabari or Quay Walker, you know, someone gets a sack strip fumble. Maybe Kenny Clark can get some more pressure, sort of like he did this week against Baker, get some more pressure right up the middle on Tua. You know, gets off a bad throw, one of our guys can come up with it. But I think that if Tua is given time in the pocket, he's going to rip us apart. He's got the pieces to do it. People tease about his arm strength. This guy is like 24 touchdowns and five interceptions this season. I mean, he he's no schmo. He's a good quarterback. And the Dolphins, they're still fighting for their, their playoff lives, right? They just went into Buffalo and almost beat the Bills in a game that turned into just a complete snowstorm, complete blizzard. And the Dolphins were right there at the end. They gave the Bills everything that they can handle. And a lot of us are thinking when I say that, right? Oh my God, they just beat the Bills. Guys, we hung in with the Bills. And we hung in with the Eagles too. You know, this team is very Jekyll and Hyde, right? If good Packers show up, we can play with anybody. But if bad Packers shows up, then then we can also lose to anybody. So it's going to be a very intriguing matchup on Christmas Day. Game starts at noon. I know that my family party starts at one. And I'm saying it now. I am going to have the game on NFL Plus on my lap or on the table during Christmas the entire time. I'm not missing a single snap of this game. It's going to be a tough one, no doubt about it. I mean, on, on defense, they got some dudes too. They got Christian Wilkins, real stud defensive tackle. He's not only a good run stuffer, but he's also really good. Um, just straight ahead, bull rush, collapsing pockets, getting quarterbacks uncomfortable. They got Trevon Holland, who's a really good safety. They got good corners. Again, this, this team on both sides of the ball is going to be a challenge. And they're head coached by Mike McDaniel, who was the offensive coordinator for the 49ers for a while. So we all know that he's given us issues as well. It's going to be a heck of a game. I'm hoping that our boys can give us a nice Christmas present. But looking, looking in other places around the NFL, because first and foremost, we need to take care of business against the Dolphins for anything else to matter. But let's just kind of, you know, like I like to do in our show, let's just kind of look around at other games that matter this weekend. So the Lions play the Panthers, and we need the Panthers to win. Obviously, the Lions are super hot. I believe they are two games ahead of us right now. Now, we do finish our season with them. And Luke... And our buddy JP and I did just buy tickets for the Packers-Lions game for January 8th, a couple of days after my birthday. So hopefully we win the next two games and then we can go into Lambeau, beat the Lions and clinch a playoff ticket. That'd be a great birthday present, Packers. Thank you very much. 
the Lions are looking really good. Uh, they got their passing game is going on all cylinders. Jamal Williams, the former Packer, is looking great out of the backfield. Jandre Swift is, well, he's looking swift. You know, he's living up to the name. They go into Carolina against a Panther team that traded away Christian McCaffrey. They have a new head coach. I don't even know who they're starting a quarterback. It might be Matt Corral. Or no, maybe it's Sam Darnold. It would be a real ask for the Panthers to pull that one out, but just know that we are all rooting for the Panthers this weekend, guys. Seattle. We also need Seattle to lose. It isn't this much of an ask in their game, though, since Seattle goes to Kansas City Christmas Eve. I, I'm picking the Chiefs to win that game. That's that's not much of an ask. The Giants and the Commanders. Not playing each other. They just played each other last week. But they're they're, you know, the other NFC East team that we need to have one of them really debacle and fall apart for us to make the playoffs, right? We need the Lions fall apart, we need to have Seattle fall apart, and then we need to have one of the NFC East teams fall apart. So the Giants beat the Commanders. So I think it's a lot easier then, right? Commanders are one game back if we root for the Commanders to fall apart. But I guess the Giants falling apart wouldn't hurt us either. So Giants go play at Minnesota and the Vikings were down by literally, I think, 33 points against the Colts. And then the Colts imploded again. And the Vikings were able to complete the biggest comeback in NFL history. I think that game was more bad Colts than good Vikings. But still, you do have to give that team a little bit of props for pulling off that comeback. They'll host the Giants on Christmas Eve. And then later that day, the Commanders go to San Francisco to play the 49ers hate saying I'm rooting for San Francisco. You know, the last time I was rooting for San Francisco, somebody on the show completely ostracized me. Yeah, that was my co-host Luke and called me a Bears fan pretty much ever since. But I will again be rooting for the 49ers to help our playoff hopes. I think that's a pretty winnable game for San Francisco. Even if Brock Purdy is still starting, they just got weapons galore. They had weapons galore before they got Christian McCaffrey and that offense just looks elite. So I think that that should be a pretty winnable game. So I think I think we'll get the help from the 49ers over the Commanders. I think we get the help from the Chiefs over the Seahawks. But I think it might be asking a bit much for the Panthers to beat the Lions. But hey, this has been a crazy NFL season. I mean, if you look at this past weekend, I think that was the craziest slate of NFL games and finishes that I have ever seen. And I've been watching this game since I was like eight. So we'll see what happens. But when it comes down to it, Nothing really matters if we don't take care of business. If we don't go into Miami and shock the world and send the Dolphins on the short trip back to their homes with a loss, it's going to take a heroic performance from a lot of guys. But I also want to remind you that this team seems to do best when we're underdogs. If we think of that year that we went and won the Super Bowl, we just sneak our way into the playoffs. It wasn't this desperate, but there was a while where on those CBS graphics that we were in the hunt, we were on the outside looking in, and then we were the seventh seed or sixth seed back then. My apologies. We'd be the seventh seed this year, and we had to go all the way. We had to go to Philly. We had to go to Atlanta. We had to go to Chicago all the way to get to the Super Bowl, and we did it. And those last three or four games of the season that year were also all must-win games. We had the Giants who were still looking good, who were, you know, a demon of ours at the time after they ousted us a few years ago in the NFC title game. And we had to beat the Bears, right? We had to beat good teams back then too. 
I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not. But what I will say is that I am a lot more excited for the end of this season and what this team holds going forward than what I was a month ago. And I'm also really excited for having Luke back next week because, hey, I'm happy I can give you guys some content. And I know Luke is going to later as well. Also, he has all the audio equipment and he has the music for the uh, the pre-show, the little, little music that we have, the intro music. So his show is going to probably be a lot better than mine. But I'm also looking forward to having my co-host back because that is one of the things that makes this show so special. All right. 20-minute monologue. I think I'm going to cut it off there. I hope you guys, like I said, have a great holiday weekend. Stay safe. Stay warm. Until next time, go Petco.